It's a Northwest Lifestyle Weekend on Como News. Welcome to the Fast Lane. Nick Miles is our auto expert, so drop it into gear. It's a green flag. Here's Nick. Welcome to this week's show. You know, uh, the exciting part of the weekend just started because our auto expert is here. Studio full of clowns uh, and then me, the circus master. Uh, Jen, Ryan and Chris are here Uh, on the show this week. Andrew Quaylen joining us from Acura to talk about the new RDX. Uh, Here's a cool thing about the RDX. Uh, Elliot Shiner, who produced uh, Steely Dan, probably the most famous for the Steely Dan albums, but also produced... uh, uh, Foo Fighters produced a bunch of other really cool artists. Uh, he produced the sound system in the new RDX. We're also going to talk to uh, Travis Calhoun. He is from Ford, and he's going to talk about one of my favorite subjects, which is uh, trucks that like to go fast, the Ford Raptor. He's going to be here to talk about that. There are new things for 2019. Keith Wilcom, the product engineer from Bridgestone. You know, tires are one of the hardest things to stimulate interest about, but this guy can do it. If there's anybody that can tell you how interesting tires are, it's like saying sand. We'll do an in-depth analysis of sand on this week's show. Uh, no, it's tires are actually really fascinating when you find all about them. And Anton Wallman, he's going to give us an insight to some things like the $2.25 billion that GM just had invested in them from SoftBank and what that means for them, what's going to change in the automotive industry, plus a new emerging car company called Byton, who are a Chinese-American car company and have a very futuristic car that was seen at CES last year, the Consumer Electronics Show. Actually, it would be this year in January. Uh, he's going to tell us that Byton are about get, getting ready to have their second vehicle. So all that's coming up on the show. Uh, Ryan and I spent some time in Nashville because Ryan's trying to learn the banjo. Oh, no, he's not really. Uh, Ryan and I went to drive the new Lexus ES. Um, I didn't know this. I can't. I don't know how I missed this, but when Lexus was born at the end of the '90s in the United States, ES was one of the two models it launched with at the same time as the LS. So it's been around for 29 years, which is uh, longer than Ryan's been alive. You know. Oh my God! Uh, I love it. It's a new fun fact. Fun fact: <laughs> ES older than Ryan. That's a good commercial. <laughs> Who's Ryan? Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, 29 years the ES has been around. And the latest generation is kind of cool. Uh, there was two things I found that were super interesting about it. The Japanese, they have these Takomi masters. I think that's how you say it. And these are guys who... Takome. Uh, Takome? I don't know. It's like <laughs> Takomi, Takome. These guys are touchy-feely people. So they make sure that all the surfaces flow, that they're spiritual, that they feel good. And they have a Tacoma driver who makes sure that the car is rhythmic and has rhythm and feeling and spirit inside of it. Uh, They had a Tacoma master who did a lot of the interior. But the cool thing about it is they took a samurai sword. And when you see how that's ground on a real stone, it's not, you know, if you put a knife in a knife machine and grind it, it's a very smooth edge where the uh, blade actually gets ground. Because they grind it on a stone... They grind it in a spiral action. You can see the little spirals, little lumps on the on the blade. And so it has sort of looks like somebody drew the sea, like little waves, as they rhythmically rub it up and down the stone to sharpen the blade. And remember, these can cut a piece of paper or a hair in the air. Uh, so they took this very Takome spiritual uh, rubbing, and they put it on the inside of their door panel. So it's actually made to look like a samurai sword on the inside. But it's, it's not it's a not, real sword. It just look you 
It's plastic. A, yeah, that is plastic. plastic. Yeah. yeah, but it looks very much like the same sort of stone pattern, stone grounding pattern. So that was very cool. The other thing is uh, they had me hitting tires with a hammer. And the reason for that is it's <laughs> kind of cool. Too. On purpose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it wasn't just like I wasn't mad or anything. I just Isn't that a strongman competition? Yeah, no, uh, because I always win those. But uh, <laughs> it was it was they wanted me to see how the sound of the tires was deadened. And it's kind of hard to explain on the radio, but they had channels in the tire which absorbed the air, the sound from the road. So you could hit the, the tires that didn't have that in them, and they had a sort of a, a ring to them, and you hit the ones that did have the sound absorbing, and the sound went dead. It's like the hammer hit it, and you hear the thud, but there was no... Well, that's a whole different story. Coming up on this week's show, Andrew Quellen's next. We're going to talk to him about this very cool Acura audio. More Our Auto Expert with Nick Miles is coming up on Como News. Start your engines and they're off. Back to Our Auto Expert, Nick Miles. This is Como News. Welcome back to the show. Our guest in this segment is uh, Andrew Quaylen. He is from Acura. And we recently got to go to Whistler in Canada to test drive the new RDX. Now, Andrew gave us a sneak peek of the vehicle just before it was revealed, or as it was revealed recently at an auto show. But it's nothing like, I mean, we it's, it's interesting when you get to see it revealed because you get to see shapes, <laughs> sit inside it, you get to taste it, feel it, touch it. But the exciting part, of course, as always, is using the vehicle. So uh, pretty proud, are you, Andrew, of the uh, the cool stuff that's uh, that's gone on with the vehicle? How did, how did it turn out? Expectations met? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we really couldn't be more proud. Um, you know, we had the nice benefit in this case where what we showed in Detroit was basically exactly what came to market. Um, you know, we, we called it a prototype, but it was pretty close to the production car, and, and it is just fantastic inside and out from the styling to the materials and technology inside, and then ultimately the powertrain. When you finally get behind the wheel, it, it's a very nice car to drive. So... That begs the question to to you, my friend. What did you change from when we talked about it in in the unveiling to when the final vehicle was driven in Detroit? Because as in in Whistler, because I didn't notice, you know, huge differences. Yeah, it, they they were subtle. I mean, um, you know, kind of typical auto show stuff. You put bigger wheels on it. They want it be terribly uh, comfortable to drive in on the on the road, and then and then some really high luster paint that uh, we'll look at under the auto show lights, which, um, you know, is just a little prohibitively expensive from putting on a production car. But otherwise that, and then um, it had some, some kind of thin um, low profile mirrors. But if you took those away, it is it, what we showed was basically the production car. So let's talk about the exterior. Uh, it has some features that come from the NSX. Yep. Uh, it does. Tell us there's the lights that, uh, that came from the NSX and some of the, uh, the air intakes below the lights. Yeah, so you know, with uh, with NSX being our you know our Halo product, it uh, you know it, it doesn't do very well as a Halo if you don't trickle some of that technology and some of those um, attributes down to uh, your more attainable vehicles. So with uh, with RDX, we did that through um, a there's similarity in the in the Jewel headlights. So the RDX features a more um, horizontal. Uh, 
um, jewel eye headlight that you know Dave Merrick has done a you know good job of explaining is gives it a little more sinister appearance. Um, and then down below that, the air intakes, the design is is kind of inspired by NSX, but then also the air curtain, which is a very functional attribute. It helps bring air smoothly around that front tire, which is normally an area where you get a lot of uh, turbulence that detracts from um, you know efficient aerodynamics. Yeah, no, it does look good, and this is sort of the way to go of the future, right? If you look at the uh, the current RDX, you're going to see that kind of shape appear in your next bunch of vehicles? Yeah, absolutely. So we've, we've said that RDX is the first in a new generation, and that next generation will be coming to our other vehicles, and you will you will see that level of, of styling, that level of interior technology, and then performance just all, all throughout. That's you know, the bar has been, been set and, and everything will be built upon that. So there's a couple of things about the vehicle. Uh, when you lift that hood up, uh, the, the engine's kind of surprising. It's, it's a fairly small engine, but it's, it's absolutely perfect for the vehicle. Certainly, yeah. So it's a 2-liter it's a turbocharged engine, which is effectively the, the segment standard now. We're basically uh, par for the course as far as um, displacement and then, and then the turbo. Um, but we do offer more power and torque than almost every competitor in the segment. I noticed that when we were in Whistler, you tr- uh, brought out on a truck all of the vehicles that this would be shopped against, <laughs> and, and that includes sort of Audi, uh, X3 from BMW. And when we drove the vehicles, you had really taken what each one had to offer, the best that they had to offer, and tried to outpace it in the RDX. So it was a clear sort of, hey, this is where where everyone else is at, and we want to be a doorstep above them. Yeah, definitely. It's it's an incredibly competitive segment. Literally every single luxury um, brand has a vehicle in this segment. And, And I don't know that that's ever happened before, but literally every brand has a vehicle here. And they're pretty much all really good in certain ways or, or, you know, kind of well-rounded, but we wanted RDX to be just objectively the best in the segment. All right, Andrew, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, when we come back, I want to talk a little bit about a couple of things with the vehicle. So when we come yeah. back, more about the RDX. Stand by. Here we go. Keep listening. Nick Miles, our auto expert, is moments away on Como News 1000, FM 97.7. Como News 1000, FM 97.7. Jump right in and put the pedal to the floor. Our auto expert with Nick Miles continues. Welcome back to the show. On the phone with me, Andrew Quellen. He is from Acura. We're talking about the brand new RDX, which I got to drive in Whistler, Canada recently. Um, very impressed by a lot of things in the vehicle. But when you guys told me about the sales of this vehicle, it has really been on top, hasn't it, Andrew, for, for quite some time? Yeah, you know, we're, we're kind of like a, a quiet performer in the segment you know we don't get i think due credit for being um you know one of the top sellers in the segment we were very early into the segment basically just after x3 is kind of you know one of one of the pioneers of the segment and and the segment as a whole has grown tremendously and we've been able to ride that that growth um to some very high sales numbers and you're looking forward to uh hopefully uh, still capturing a huge amount of the market when did the uh, rdx first go on sale because 
I think it's uh, is it is this the second? This is the third generation, or the second generation. Uh, so what what just went on sale is the third generation. Right. We launched in 2006 as a 2007 calendar, uh, 2007 model year, and um, like I said, we were very early in the segment, so we beat a lot of uh, the other luxury brands in here. And because of that, we've been able to outsell all other nameplates um, since the introduction. We've sold almost 400,000 RDSs since launch. Uh, that's a, a very healthy number. Uh, and now you've also introduced a new trim level for it. Well, not a new trim level, but uh, you've added it to to your A-spec mm-hmm. trim levels, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So we, we're applying A-spec across the entire core lineup, um, and, and that will be fully realized this summer. Uh, RDX is now on sale, and then we have it coming to MDX uh, next month. So, yeah, with that, you know, we're adding a, a sports styling uh, trim level across uh, RDX and then the other models it's uh so the tell me what the a spec level because it's really like uh it maybe should be s spec like for sinister because what it really does is make <laughs> the car a little bit more sort of aggressive and a little bit more um you know uh, bad boyish or bad girlish certainly yeah so uh with a spec you get you get basically blacked out trim off all around the car so all what's chrome normally becomes gloss black you get a larger uh wheel that's in a sharp gray finish um and then depending on the colors you choose, it does give it a very sinister look. And then on the on the interior as well, it's either black or a red interior. And it, the red is hands down my favorite. It just it, has, it, it looks really, really good. Uh, lots of red interiors appearing in cars now. And it's kind of cool to see you can get a sporty, sexy version in uh, in the Acura. But one of the things that uh, amazed me the most in this vehicle was the sound system. And you had Elliot Shiner design that for you. He, of course, yep. is the famous uh, engineer and producer from uh, Hollywood who's done acts like Steely Dan, acts like uh, the Foo Fighters, uh, acts like Sting and Van Morrison. Uh, he's done a lot of, of work. So why did you sort of pair up with Elliot to make the sound of this car important? So, so you know, it, it's it's not surprising but when you look at the research the the three most important areas for buyers in the segment are are styling performance and then the experience that experience is you know what they feel when they're inside the car and and music's a huge part of that music's been a huge part um of the acura brand for many years and that's you know why we initially partnered with elliot several years back and you know he has a very unique approach um rather than just you know putting a, a badge on on a speaker grill that people will you know associate with a home audio system and and want to you know buy it just for that reason he really wants to bring a studio experience to the car all right more uh, auto stuff coming up make sure that you uh, clean your wrenches uh, because we're going to talk a little bit about cool stuff under the hood as well stand by for that como news 1000 fm 97.7 our auto expert with nick miles will be right back Our auto expert continues on Como News. Here's Nick Miles. We're back, America's Car Radio Show, and we'd like to thank you for being part of the Automotive Nation. Uh, Fun fact, you'll find plenty of those uh, all at our website, ourautoexpert.com, or on the Facebook page, Our Auto Expert, or even on my uh, Instagram page. Sometimes I post pictures of my dogs, too, so you have to sort of wade through dog pictures to get to the car pictures. That's kind of how it works. Otherwise, they talk about me when I go on trips. Uh, The Ford Raptor is one of the coolest vehicles that Ford have to offer. Based on off the F-150, it's the one vehicle that many truck owners aspire to owning. Not only can it do great off-road things, but it also goes super fast if you want to drive it in a track situation. 
Uh, and it, I think it adds a sexiness to uh, how it looks. Joining us on the phone today is Travis Calhoun. He is from Ford. So the 2019 Raptor gets some new cool uh, bits and pieces, doesn't it, Travis? Tell, tell us a little bit about what Ford have added for this model year. Sure. Uh, thanks for having us on. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm really excited to talk about the new truck. Uh, so for the 2019 Raptor, uh, we made three really big changes. Uh, the first and foremost uh, is kind of what makes a Raptor a Raptor beyond that uh, 510 pound-feet of torque and 450 horsepower in the engine uh, is the suspension. Uh, and we enhanced it this year uh, working with Fox uh, to develop or to use their patented live valve uh, technology uh, to bring the industry-first uh, live valve shock to a truck. Uh, so what that means uh, is that it's continuously – it's like a CCD uh, um, suspension. It's like continuously controlled dampening. Uh, so what that is uh, is that sensors inside the shocks will actually uh, measure the road conditions that you're in and adjust in real time. Now, one of the things about this uh, this Raptor is that I know it's built to be able to do amazing things, but are Americans really taking it off-road and doing that much off-roading with it? Because I always, I always look at those numbers, you know, people are buying 4x4 vehicles that are really, really capable, but that's just in case it snows once. Well, unless you live in Detroit, I guess. It's just in case it snows <laughs> <laughs> once in a while. Um, it, are people actually taking these vehicles and, and doing what they're capable of with the vehicles? You know, there's a, a good portion of our customers that are uh, are using the vehicle as it's intended or what it was engineered for, uh, for that high-speed off-road uh, kind of desert racing. Uh, but then there's a, certainly a faction of our customers that, uh, that use it as their everyday vehicle. Uh, and that's the beauty of the Raptor is that it's capable enough to really do anything that you need it to. I noticed, uh, too, that uh, it's it sort of gets more menacing with any every generation that you do of the Raptor. Uh, you've, you've managed to take what could be, for instance, a utility vehicle truck. Uh, somebody could be using it perhaps from the local electric company, and then you've managed to sort of make it into this very sinister, dark, blacked-out uh, piece of machinery. It sort of has a double life, doesn't it? It's this, it's this utility vehicle-looking vehicle if you buy, like, a base version of the F-150, and then if you buy the Raptor, it becomes this, like, I don't know, mechanical monster in a way. I love the term mechanical monster and menacing. That's awesome. Uh, the, uh, the, the real cool thing about F-150 in general is that it can really be everything to everyone. Uh, and you're right. From the base XL trim that you see on a construction site uh, to the uh, to the platinum, a more luxury vehicle that we offer, uh, and then looking all the way up to Raptor, where you have a high performance vehicle as well. Uh, the beauty of the truck is that it can do it can do anything. It'd be anything to everyone. And I think there was when the the, the Raptor came out last year, there was this huge backlog of um, you know people wanting them and you guys not being able to produce them fast enough. I know that uh, a lot of people were sort of going from places like Seattle down to Palm Springs because the dealer down there actually had one, so they could buy them. Are they, are they, is the Raptor readily available now, or is it still sort of on a order and wait or try and find one at a dealer that's within a hundred, couple hundred miles of you? Um, you know, the, our production on it uh, has remained steady uh, as a percentage of our overall mix. Uh, and as it sits right now, I think we're, depending on where you are in the country, there certainly are stock units available today. Now, China is also a, a market that's kind of got some Raptor interest as well. Uh, do you see that as being a big Raptor, mar- a big Raptor market? Because you know, we never usually think of uh, trucks being big outside of the United States. 
yeah, you know that's a really unique thing about Raptor is that it's the only uh, it's the only full size or, or under eighty five hundred pickup that we sell uh, overseas, uh, specifically in China. All right, when we come back, I want to talk a little bit about uh, you, we've talked about desert racing in it, but the other thing is uh, you, you have a, a new trail control uh, system in it. So we're gonna, I'm going to ask you about that when we come back. More on our auto experts. Stand by. Don't go away. Stay tuned. There's more to come with Nick Miles on Como News. It's our auto expert on Como News. Here's more with Nick Miles. Welcome back to the show. Still on the phone with us, uh, Travis Calhoun. He is from Ford. We're talking about the 2019 Raptor. Raptor, one of the sexiest vehicles in the segment as it is. Uh, but now for 2019, getting some interesting new bits and pieces. Uh, so we mentioned as we exited the last segment that the uh, the engine changed significantly a little while ago. You originally had this massive engine that was over six liters, and then you cut it basically almost in half. Uh, did that end up being successful for Raptor? Well, judging by the judging by the sales and our customer reaction to the product, uh, yeah, we think it's been a tremendous success. One of the major stories when we uh, went to a lightweighting approach with the 2015 F-150 was switching to that high-strength military-grade aluminum alloy. Uh, and uh, the standard uh, F-150 lost up to 700 pounds or went on a bit of a diet, as we like to say. Uh, and that additional uh, weight uh, or that we were able to do is we were able to take that weight investment and reinvest it in additional technologies like a stronger frame and things to that effect. With Raptor, it's no exception as well. I believe it lost closer to 400 pounds from the outgoing model, uh, which means, as, as you said earlier, uh, Nick, you like to go fast, so it allows you to go and faster, uh, and we still offer a best-in-class 450 horsepower and 510 uh, pound-feet of torque with that. Uh, you train. You added a couple things. Um, you allowed it to have, or I, I guess, a, a changeable settings for off-roading, didn't you? In the new trail control. So in addition to the standard six terrain modes uh, or selectable drive modes that the, the vehicle has, uh, it also, we added a new class-exclusive trail control system. And what that trail control is, is it's almost like a cruise control for off-roading. Uh, you can set it up to 20 miles an hour, and your vehicle will automatically adjust the power and braking to each individual wheel so that as you're in that off-roading course or you're managing or uh, navigating a tough trail, uh, you can just focus on the steering and pointing your truck in the right direction. Uh, it's pretty slick. In addition to that, there's a couple other things uh, that we, we haven't really talked too much about publicly, uh, but I'd be happy to share with you guys. Uh, the, there's one, uh, one mode where if you have your vehicle stuck kind of in a deep sand, if you happen to be out in that environment, uh, you can actually set the trail control to one mile an hour, uh, and it will get your vehicle unstuck, uh, which is pretty slick. I, I uh, think, then, I think it, we should come out and test that. I'm not sure I believe you. <laughs> I look forward to having you out to test it. Uh, I think we've got a media drive coming up soon, so we'll make sure to uh, make sure to include you on that. All right. And the other the other cool one is the uh, is, is it, I, I affectionately refer to it as jump mode. Uh, so the vehicle with those new uh, live valve shocks that we talked about earlier will actually recognize when all four vehicles or all four uh, wheels are off the road or off the ground, uh, and then uh, automatically uh, set the vehicle to uh, engage the shocks at a level to um, suppress your landing as best you can. Oh, no, so I, I, uh, like it, I like it rough. I like it rough. I like it rough. I like my head to be hitting <laughs> on all sides and stuff. If the airbags don't go off, it wasn't fun, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, Nick. Sure. <laughs> Sorry. I mean, yeah, I... I do enjoy... I mean, uh, to be clear, at Ford, we only recommend responsible driving. I, I may need to add that disclaimer. I'm not sure you're company for me, then. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, I'd, I'd definitely like to have fun. You go, You also put a new interior on the vehicle, didn't you, for 2019? Yeah, we put an industry-first Recaro sports seat available in it. It's in a pretty slick blue color as an additional option. So as you look, as you look at your base wrapper that comes with the cloth seats, you can go all the way up now to adding a performance Recaro seat. And that just makes sure your head doesn't hit the ceiling, right? It keeps you nice and snug as you're, uh, you're going over those jumps? <laughs> yeah, well, we always recommend keeping your seatbelt on. Uh, but yeah, it, keeps, uh, it definitely kind of hugs you in there a little bit better. It's, uh, it's a really comfortable seat. Yeah, that's why I have to mount four-point harnesses in my vehicles. It just Otherwise, people get hurt. <laughs> All right, Travis uh, from Ford. Travis Calhoun from Ford. Thanks very much. Still to come, more car stuff. Uh, we're also going to get under the hood of a couple of other things. So you want to stand by for that because uh, it's going to be pretty cool. Keep your radio tuned to Como News. More Our Auto Expert is on the way. Nick Miles, and this is Our Auto Expert on Como News 1000, FM 97.7. Hope you enjoyed the first hour of the show. Still to come, there is more excitement on the program this week. Uh, Keith Wilcom, the product engineer from Bridgestone, is going to be here. I assure you, if tires are super boring to you, we're going to change your mind about how you feel about tires. Did you know, Jen, that you can get better traction on snow if you pack your tire with snow sure it's true i know snow I on snow is that, snow on snow much better and uh, social media wise if you want to follow us 24 uh, 7 here's jen's home phone number it is <laughs> you can go to ourautoexpert.com <laughs> and uh, check us out all week long the old shows are there the previous shows are there in a podcast form you can either go to there or go to Podbean and go to Our Auto Expert and listen to this great show over and over and over again, all one million episodes that are online. Uh, plus, we have uh, Facebook, Twitter, and the uh, Instagrams. Instagram, you can actually follow the hashtag Our Auto Expert, or go to Facebook and Twitter where you can check us out 24-7. Jen likes to post all the latest news. All right, more to come. Stand by. Don't go anywhere. Como News. There's more to come with Nick Miles. Stay tuned. Our auto expert will be right back. It's a Northwest Lifestyle Weekend on Como News. Welcome to the Fast Lane. Our auto expert with Nick Miles continues. Welcome back to hour two of the show. I'm Nick Miles. The whole crew's in the studio here with me. It's uh, Jen, also Chris, and Ryan. Hi. Um, are you doing okay? Good week? Good week. Yeah? You had a good week. Uh, I am absolutely exhausted. I bet. I haven't seen you in a while. Yeah. I uh, left on Saturday uh, last week. We uh, we recorded last week's show. Left on Saturday. Uh, headed to Paris. Uh, spent the afternoon in Paris. Then got a private jet to uh, uh, Lago in Portugal. And then from Lago, we drove the Jaguar I-Pace around Lago, stayed the night there, went to the track the next day, drove on the track the following day, drove the vehicles, went back to the air. We stayed at different hotels every night. By the way, Portugal, some of the most incredible food I've ever tasted in my life. Uh, And when I was in the hotel, the weirdest thing, this is so not an automotive story, but it was kind (laughs) of cool. So the hotels, everything in Portugal is very white, right? Because uh, they reflect the sun because it gets so hot out there on the coast. So all the houses are painted white, all the hotel rooms, everything is completely white. It's all stone to try and keep it cooler. Um, All the walls are built of white stone. The very cool thing is in the shower, instead of having those little plastic bottles of uh, shampoo and conditioner, 
they had mason jars put it in. Oh. And so I'm in a wet shower with water <sighs> running, and I have to pick up a stone jar and tip it on my head. And I'm like, this could go horribly wrong. <laughs> horribly wrong. It, it didn't. The other thing is... Um, Europeans need to need to get air conditioning going. I'm just saying, like there was, I was in that hotel in Paris, and it was 90 degrees in Paris. Uh, it was hot, and I mean, walking through Charles de Gaulle Airport, it was like 90 degrees in the airport. I mean, when you're hauling bags and you're wearing a leather jacket, wow. there was, I, there was, you could tell exactly where I'd been. It was like a wet, drippy trail <laughs> through the airport where I'd You're been. You're like a little slug. You know, my favorite thing about it is I got to uh, I got to go to Starbucks and buy myself a Paris Starbucks mug. Yay! I was so excited about that. That was that was really cool. not going on autodromo in an eye pace. That was nothing, right? No, oh. that was my favorite part about Paris. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but. We got to take it. Actually, my favorite part about driving the I-Pace was not going um, onto the racetrack. My favorite part was off-roading with it. This is an electric SUV. And so we had this one portion. They said, you've reached. So first of all, they try to trick us and say, hey, the road ahead has been closed. We, we've got an alternate route. You'll have to go this one. We're like, yeah, okay. <laughs> You're like, okay, we'll, we'll play the game. We'll follow you, you know, whatever. <laughs> We took this right-hand turn off a dirt road, you know, and he says, the only way we can get you through is you, you, you just have to go down to this river area and, and tell the, you know, and then get down there. The guy will show you the way to go. And so we drove down this riverbank and got to the bottom and the guy goes, we're, we're kind of stuck. The road is closed ahead of us. So you're going to have to turn left and drive through the river. Sweet. And I'm in an electric car. Right? What could go wrong? <laughs> <laughs> what That's could go wrong? Tires. So, and he said, oh, and put the front camera on so you can see the wake the car makes. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, That's this is awesome. a joke. So I got down to the riverbed, made a left, and just drove through the river. Oh, and and so the front cool. camera's on, and you saw the wake and everything. And you're like, this is an electric SUV. <laughs> so I posted a lot on uh, social media about how much I love this vehicle. Off-road, kicked butt. On the track, kicked butt. The coolest thing about the car, I mean, there's a million really cool things about it. $70,000, 240 miles, 0 to 60 in 4.5 seconds, which is super fast for an SUV and super, super fast for an electric SUV, right? That There's a million cool things about this vehicle, but the coolest thing about it is they created a spaceship sound on the inside of the vehicle because it has no noise because it's completely silent and all you can hear is road noise. When you put your foot down, it sounds like you're in one of those vehicles from Judge Dredd. It's like, <laughs> it is like being in a sci-fi movie. It is so cool. But we could probably uh, actually show you. You want to play the sound? Ryan, go ahead and play the sound. All right, see, that's what the car sounds like. It's it's all the SUV sounds like. That's amazing. It's so much fun. Uh, videos are going to be online in that soon. We, uh, I will tell you. If I had, I just, I was searched all my jackets when I got home. I did not have $70,000 in my jackets to go buy one. You know what? Um, I'm going to buy you an iPace. Thanks, Ryan. Just, I just would hold it out of your check. He's <laughs> 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 like, well, I'm I'm Stay tuned. There's more to come with Nick Miles on Como News. It's our auto expert on Como News. Here's more with Nick Miles. Welcome back to the show. Oh, there's only one part of your car, Jen, that touches the road. Did you know that? Yes. What is it? 
It's your tires. Yeah, good. Because yeah. if there's other parts touching the road, you probably should go and see a mechanic about <laughs> yeah. that. Uh, I have been on a few events with uh, our friends over at Bridgestone to find out stuff about tires. And it's, you know, initially it's like it feels hard to stimulate yourself to get interested in tires if you, unless you are a specific person like an off-roader or a racer and they make a huge difference to your performance. As a consumer, it's just the only time you're interested in tires is how much you have to pay for your new ones, usually. And then and, and you go into a store and, and you say, I need a new set of tires. And they go, okay, it'll cost you this much. And you put them on and that's the end of it. However, when you start to learn about tire technology, you start to learn about longevity, life, and the fact that tires have warranties, they can make a huge difference in saving your life. And they can also make a huge difference if the weather changes. I went to this Bridgestone event in Texas. By the end of it, I was like, how did I get through my whole 25 years of life not knowing any of this? I, how did I do that? I'm, you know me. I'm a research queen, so I actually do have Bridgestones on all my trucks. You do? Yes, I do. Oh, that, that, you know, this is going to make uh, Keith Walken very happy. <laughs> Keith's on the phone. He is a project engineer, engineer for Bridgestone. Uh, Keith, I want to ask you, why is it important to keep your tires filled at the recommended uh, level? Because I notice that some people, uh, they, they don't always do that. They don't always check their tire pressure. Yeah, that's probably one of the single largest problems we face in the tire industry. As you guys were talking about, the tires are the only part of the car that touches the road, hopefully. <laughs> and, uh, you know, just like uh, airbags and seatbelts, tires are an important safety feature. So uh, proper maintenance is critical to the life of the tire and to the performance of the tire. Uh, tire has four basic functions, you know, uh, supporting the load of the vehicle, absorbing road bumps and shocks, gearing, acceleration, and braking. And the tire can't do any of that without the proper insulation pressure. So I want you to either, uh, we're going to play a game here called uh, Myth or Truth. If your tire is not inflated at the right pressure, will it also cause you to have poor fuel economy? Truth. Ah, so what happens? You know, if it's pushing too hard with uh, not enough pressure, does it does it struggle and and then have to burn more fuel? Yeah, absolutely. A great example is if you've ever used a hand cart or a wheelbarrow uh, that has a underinflated tire or a flat tire and tried to push it loaded. It's very difficult. It takes a lot of energy. The same thing's going on with your car over thousands of miles. If you're running underinflated, you're going to be burning more gas to get your car down the road. I have I have somebody for wheelbarrows, but I can't. <laughs> I can't handle them. So I have a question for you because tires can be confusing. So in one of my trucks, it says on the, the side, it says I have to have the air pressure in the front at one level and the air pressure in the back at another. Should you go mm -hmm. off the tire or should you go off of the actual vehicle recommended air pressure? The vehicle, absolutely the okay. vehicle. The pressure that's on the side of the tire is just the maximum inflation pressure that can, yeah. the tire can be operated Jen, at. Jen, don't be filling it up that much. I know, I know. Well, <laughs> it's it's kind of weird because one's like at 45 and the other's at like 65, so that's a huge difference. Yeah, it is. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is. Uh, why, what, you know, and, and they tell us when we go to, when I go to have a vehicle serviced, that I should rotate my tires. What, yes. What's what's the point of rotating the tires, uh, Keith? So depending on the vehicle, each wheel position on the vehicle is actually going to wear tires a little bit differently. Um, you know, depending on how torque is applied, things like that, suspension geometries. So by rotating, you're actually evening out the tread wear, and that helps the tires last longer. So if you leave tires, for instance, um, on a rear-wheel drive car, if you leave the tires on the rear the whole time, you will probably wear the rears out 
much faster than the front. So if you can rotate them, then you're able to, to spread out that torque and even out that tread wear. Did somebody tell you I do a lot of burnouts in my car? Because I feel like that was directed at me. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Maybe I, rotation should be more frequent for you. Yeah, I'm, I'm guessing it would. What, what, what should you look for uh, to see if your tires are in good condition and you're getting optimal performance out of them? A uh, simple visual check. You know, you're looking for even tread wear. Make sure all of the grooves that go around the circumference of the tire are equal depth all the way across. Make sure you don't have any kind of irregular wear starting, and that's fairly easy to pick up on. Um, you know, look for cuts, chips, bulges, bumps, things like that. Anything that looks out of the ordinary. Um, if you see anything, you know, just take it in and have a professional take a look at it and give you a recommendation. Uh, Keith Wilcom is from Bridgestone. He is a project engineer. We're talking to him on Our Auto Expert. When we come back, we're going to take a quick break, my friend. But when we come back, I learned so much from Bridgestone about tire treads that I, I had no clue how important they were. I'm going to ask you about those when we come back. Keep your radio tuned to Como News. More Our Auto Expert is on the way. He's Nick Miles, and this is Our Auto Expert on Como News 1000, FM 97.7. On the phone with us still is Keith Wilcom. He is from Bridgestone. He's a project engineer. We are talking about tires, something that's hard to stimulate people's interest, but when you start to learn a little bit about tires, it's like a jaw-dropper almost every single thing. It can save you huge amounts of money, and it can save your life. And part of that is uh, the tread patterns. One of the things that Bridgestone has really worked hard on is finding tread patterns for ultimate vehicles. And I noticed, too, uh, one of the things that you do is, uh, Keith, is also you make tires for SUVs and CUVs, whereas people who have SUVs and CUVs were just sticking on regular tires to their vehicle, which may not have been the best idea, right? Yeah, there's a there's a broad range of tire sizes out there and a broad range of lines, uh, pattern names and all that can be confusing. So we have a, a line of tires uh, called Dueler uh, that is specifically designed for heavier vehicles like CUVs and SUVs and pickups. Now let's talk about the tread pattern. We just mentioned that at the top of the show. Uh, how important is tread pattern i mean clearly you have to have it to grip the road but it does a lot of other it has a lot of other functions as well doesn't it yeah absolutely tread patterns are kind of like shoes if you think about it um so you've got different shoes for different occasions you obviously wouldn't wear dress shoes to go hiking in the woods um so tread patterns are kind of like that we've got performance tires we've got touring tires we've got all-terrain tires for trucks and we've got off-road specific tires um trucks and SUVs. So depending on what you're trying to do with your vehicle or what type of driving, there's going to be a tread pattern that's going to suit that. And some of these tread patterns can do things like, uh, I learned you could pack snow into a tire to give it more grip. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, One of the common myths is that uh, you want to clear out snow to get more grip, but actually it's quite the opposite. Uh, The best grip you can get is snow on snow. So if you look at a dedicated winter tire, for instance, like a Blizzak, uh, it's actually designed to retain snow so that you get excellent snow on snow traction on snow covered roads. I was floored with the Blizzak. So I went up to Colorado and did an ice driving school with Mazda and they had a CX-3 with Blizzaks on and a CX-3 without Blizzaks on. And the stopping distance was improved by about a third. Like if I jammed on the brakes in snow and ice, uh, the Blizzaks 
probably stopped a third shorter than everything else. And, and of course, that can mean the difference between life and death, right? Um, absolutely, yeah. If you've never tried a Blizzak, uh, you won't understand. If you know, you know. And if you don't know, you don't know, right? That's right. What about patents? How do I look at my tires and know that I should be heading in and get some new Bridgestones? How do I know? Well, like I said, you can look at um, look at the tread. Uh, you're looking for any kind of irregular wear. You're looking for even wear. But there are wear indicators on the on the in the grooves. There's little bars that indicate that when the tread surface gets down to the level of those bars, you're worn out. The other simple trick is to just take a penny and flip it Lincoln's head down, stick it in the tread groove, and if his head is fully exposed, then you are worn out and you need to seriously consider some new tires. Tires have warranties too. I was kind of surprised at that because I never ask when I go in to get new tires on my vehicle what the warranty is, but they do have warranties, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, at Bridgestone, we take quality very seriously and we back that with our warranties. Um, all Bridgestone tires come with a warranty against if tire comes out of service for any reason that's uh, within the manufacturer's control, we will take care of it. Uh, it's got up to a five-year warranty. And then certain tires will have a treadwear warranty also. Keith Wilcom from Bridgestone, thank you for being with us. He's a project engineer. And if you want to know more about tires, tiresafety.com is the website where you can find out more. I feel a little bit like this was missing in my life, and, and now I finally know. Coming up, more car stuff. You're listening to Our Auto Expert. I'm Nick Vines. Como News. There's more to come with Nick Miles. Stay tuned. Our auto expert will be right back. Como News. Time to set it on cruise control. This is our auto expert. Here's Nick Miles. Welcome back to the show. As always, our mad scientist, who is uh, what we call him, he's actually a, a uh, independent investor and analyst, and Anton Wallman is with us. Anton, there is an awful lot going on in Politico as far as automotive are concerned. Uh, General Motors uh, got a 2.5 or $2.25 billion investment from SoftBank uh, what are they going to do with that money, improve their canteen? Well, basically what they're doing is that this is the entity that was mostly called Cruise Automation that uh, General Motors acquired not that much more than about a year or so ago. Uh, they're developing a truly driverless vehicle based around the Chevrolet Volt to start with. And uh, GM was going to fund this development all by itself, but somehow they gathered that SoftBank, which has also invested in Uber, among other things, would be a good investor to have on board, if for no other reason, because it sort of blocks out, if you think about it, their ability to um, uh, to invest in other entities. So what they wanted to do was to make sure that this entity was on their side in uh, this battle to uh, achieve a truly driverless car going forward. GM seemed to initially have quite a strong player in the market with the Bolt, but the further we get down the historical line, there seems to be some major challenges to that vehicle, um, things like the I-Pace, other vehicles coming. Uh, do you think they can hold on to this sort of market attention with newer vehicles that are coming out, and what's on the table for them? Well, GM, of course, has an ambitious plan to come out with a long list of new electrified vehicles. In calendar year 2019, they're adding two of them, uh, one Buick and one, I think it's going to be a Chevrolet. They haven't really confirmed. 
And then by 2021 to 2023, they're launching on a, a total global scale 20 new EVs, two zero. Uh, many of them will be available only in China, but of course, several of them will be available also in the United States. So in uh, specifically, they have mentioned that there will be two three-row SUVs that will become available, as well as two minivans and one sports car. So uh, if you think about where we normally have seen electric vehicles to date, we haven't seen very many three-row SUVs, and we haven't seen uh, many minivans, and we haven't seen all that many sports cars either. So GM is certainly going to attack sort of the full spectrum of the type of cars that people actually buy in volume. Is the current spat that the U.S. government are having with China over trade, is that going to affect any of these plans? You know, I don't think so, because GM has factories in all the relevant geographies, right? So in particular, uh, U.S. here and China, I should say, they don't really have any factories anymore in Europe. They just sold them uh, to PSA last August. So it really, when it, when it comes to U.S. and China, uh, GM has an enormous production capability with multiple partners in China. And, of course, they have lots of factories all over North America. So if there's a Chinese-American trade war, uh, GM is actually very well equipped to handle it because the cars that are going to get sold in China, they will make in China, as they already are to the greatest extent. And the cars that are going to get sold in the United States, they will make them, uh, guess what, in the United States mostly. So, um, you know, clearly a trade war is going to have uh, all sorts of very damaging effects. It's going to increase the cost of components and all sorts of other things. So let's hope that none of that ever actually happens. But uh, in terms of the fundamental production capability of the final assembly plants, GM could probably tackle the situation a little bit better than some other companies who get uh, who would get trapped in a in a lot worse of a situation than GM will. Anton, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, I want to talk about FCA's five-year plan. What's going forward? Sounds like they have a change in who's going to be their big players. Plus, who are the emerging players in the electric car, uh, or I guess electric car arena would be the best way to put it. Uh, Byton, I want to find out about them and their second car, which just got unveiled. That's all more that and more when we come back on Our Auto Expert with Anton Warman. More Our Auto Expert with Nick Miles is coming up on Como News. Start your engines and they're off. Back to Our Auto Expert, Nick Miles. This is Como News. Welcome back to the show. Still on the phone with us, Anton Warman. He is an independent analyst and investor. We're talking about what's happening in the automotive world as far as business is concerned. FCA unveiling its five-year plan. The most significant portion of this is it appears that Maserati and Alfa Romeo will be taking center stage and very little news about Fiat, Dodge and Chrysler. It looks like everybody is separating out from the brands uh, from each other. So the future, is it Italian? Uh, the future is Jeep. The future is Ram. And they still believe that the future will also include Alfa Romeo and Maserati. Fiat is a limbo, given the fact that the brand has not had any meaningful success whatsoever in the North American market and uh, is not doing all that well, even its 
in its home markets. There was some word that Fiat would have electric vehicles, though. They are canceling the 500L in the United States, which uh, came like two years too late. It should have probably been canceled a while ago. But they are, there is some talk about making Fiat into an electric brand. Yes. Uh, clearly what they said is that if the brand is going to have any future, it is to be focused on sort of inner city, all electrical vehicles. They didn't really say that they were going all electrical totally or under any particular time frame. But the implication was that that is the direction in which uh, they are going. Now, Tim Kaniskas, the he was the president of Dodge or Fiat Chrysler passenger cars, uh, really rescued Dodge and was uh, has done some amazing things with the Demon, with the Hellcat, uh, the vehicles that have kept those Dodge vehicles at the head of everybody's shopping list. Uh, he's now in charge of Alfa Romeo Maserati. This is a guy that is a sleeping genius. Do you think he can make these two brands sing? Well, one would certainly hope so, but keep in mind that there's only so much that any one person can do given the lot that they are dealt. Uh, you know, Alfa Romeo and Maserati were, in particular Alfa Romeo, if you look at the last four-year plan that came out four years ago, was supposed to have several cars out by now that simply didn't materialize in this time frame. And now they uh, have rolled out new development plan for cars that will be in the market by 2022, both on the Maserati side and on the Alfa Romeo side. The problem is that the company has lost a little bit of credibility now, given the fact that they never met the targets from uh, a few years ago. And now, of course, there are new targets, but the new targets are you know, far more modest than they were four years ago. And uh, the company is uh, really going to have to show us that they can for once in a lifetime here, uh, actually deliver on these numbers. What are the five takeaways from the FCA uh, five-year plan? If you overlay the sales chart with Tesla starting in 2015, so you take the 2015, the 2016, the 2017, and then the expected numbers for 2018, since we're barely not even halfway into 2018, uh, they actually look almost identical. You look at the numbers were right around 50,000 for 2015, and then they grew to about 75,000 for 2016, and then just a hair over 100,000 for 2017, and then now somewhere north of 170,000 for 2018. It's almost comical how identical those two sets of numbers look for those two brands. Alfa Romeo in the United States remains very, very tiny. They're selling barely a little bit over 2,000 vehicles per month in the U.S. market. Anton Wallman, independent investor and analyst, it's always a great pleasure to have you on the show. SeekingAlpha.com, Anton Wallman, and we'll look forward to you being back on the show next week. Good to be here. Keep listening. Nick Miles, our auto expert, is moments away on Como News 1000, FM 97.7. Como News 1000, FM 97.7. Jump right in and put the pedal to the floor. Our auto expert with Nick Miles continues. Well, thanks for listening to this week's show. Of course, you can find uh, plenty versions of our previous shows. Well, not there's different versions, but you can hear our previous shows by going to our website. We have a little website that gives you all the information about what's going on in the automotive industry, and that is OurAutoExpert.com. There you can watch videos from television. You can listen to these great previous shows. You can also uh, sign up for our social media. We have uh, three places that social media is very strong for us. 
Uh, we have about 50,000 followers on the Instagram. You can go there. It's uh, Nick J. Miles, N-I-K-J-M-I-L-E-S. Please feel free to direct message me as well. You can also go to our Facebook page, which is Our Auto Expert. Follow along, and you can see the latest videos that we post there, the radio shows. Jen does a great job of letting you know all the latest automotive news. And there we uh, post all the latest news that happens on Twitter. A very packed place to get lots of information. We'll be back again next week with more cool information about what's going on in the automotive industry. And we'll have some pretty amazing guests. And I'll update you on the world travel uh, as I go around the world testing different cars. Yep, Germany, Spain, lots of places in our future. That's all coming up. Thanks for joining us. Stay connected. Stay informed. This is Como News.